Hey everyone, this is Aiden here, and uh, normally I don't do these pre-show intros, it's usually Jack, but I have taken over the editing duties today, so it's on me, but I just quickly wanted to say before we get into this episode that we're so excited to finally be, you know, producing a new Senior Quotes episode. It's been too long, we've just been super busy with our internships and uh, solo projects in Jack's case, and we just want to let you guys know that because we haven't been uploading does not mean we're trying to go away from this. In fact, we have been dying to record some new Senior Quotes episodes, and we're very excited to bring you this one. We talk for a while, for nearly two hours, so don't try to listen to this all in one take unless you really, really want to catch up on all of our NBA takes and other sports. Got a little soccer talk at the very end, but we're super excited to bring this to you, so whether you listen to this uh, in one sitting or in ten, <laughs> I hope you enjoy. Here we go. What's up, guys, and welcome to another edition of the Senior Quote Sports Podcast brought to you by Big Picture Sports Group. I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, joined as always by Jack Coleman, and it has been... A very long time. It's been a couple months, and we are super excited to finally get back, give you all the sports talk we've been saving up for months on end. Jack, how are you doing right now? I'm doing fantastic. You know, I've, I've still been grinding the podcast game. Uh, mm-hmm. For those who don't know, I've also started up the What's Potting with Jack Coleman podcast, so I've been grinding that out. Literally got off an interview uh, with one of our Senior Quotes guests, AJ Black, today for that. So I'm still in the podcast game, still grinding, still out here talking sports. Uh, but definitely refreshing to get back and talk all sports in general uh, with senior quotes. So happy, blessed to be back with you all and ready to get into it. Yeah, I mean, I was honored to be a guest on What's Podden. So please check that out if you haven't yet. Check out all the episodes of What's Podden. Uh, it's been great. Uh, I very much enjoyed listening to him. I can't wait to hear AJ on there. He's uh, one of those BC social media goats that we like to consider ourselves maybe with. I, I don't know. It's up to you guys to say definitely. that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, we, we, we can be, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can give ourselves some credit. So sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, so for those who haven't listened or have forgotten, because it has been a while, um, the format of the show is that Jack and I bring quotes from all the top um, topics without uh, or throughout the sports world and uh, try to test each other on who said it, what's it about, and try to give each other points, you know, that don't really matter, but we like to uh, have some pride in who wins each episode. So I'm excited to see who wins this one, since we've both been kind of kind of in the podcast game and in the sports media game with my internship, but at the same time, haven't actually done this in a while. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I've got a bunch of NBA topics. Coleman's kind of covered a, a, a bit more, you know, uh, variety throughout sports, but It'll be fun regardless to talk about our own teams and more importantly, the the biggest things that have happened, because there's a lot that's going on since we last recorded. But because of all that, Jack, I'm going to give you the honors, you know, to do your first quote. I know you just gathered them up because you've been so busy all day, but I'm excited to see what you've got. So fire away. Yeah. So I do not have I can tell everyone this, that it is not a Knicks related quote. Yeah, That was one of my main selling points with what's potting is kind of taking all my sports teams and just shoving them on there so I can talk general sports on here. I want to talk about other stuff going on. So super excited with this first one. I'm coming at you with an NBA one. I know Aiden's are all NBA today. So his first one is in relation to the playoffs and tell me who said it. Okay. Ever since I was a kid, I've always worked on my floater, knowing I wasn't going to be the tallest guy in the world. I always knew I needed a floater. Okay. 
Um, so it's not one of the ones I have, I can tell you that much, which is good. But um, it's funny, I- I'm thinking of <laughs> I'm thinking of a Nick, but obviously I know that after you've said this, that it's not a Nick. I was thinking of IQ Emmanuel quickly. Um, I think I know who it is, and it's kind of funny because I feel like it's the last person you'd actually select for a quote here, but I believe it's Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. 100%. Definitely Trey Young. I bring him up because, you know, I haven't had a chance to really break down that series with the Knicks on here, and I talked about it on the other show, but really all I can say is that the Hawks went out and and got talent and got pieces this Mm offseason. And we were at much different places coming into the season in terms of expectations. The front office that is building up the Hawks team or has built the current team, I believe had a lot of of people who were working with Golden State and built up that team with Steph and Clay and all those shooters. And Trey Young is that Steph Curry of the East. You are seeing it night in, night out. Sadly, he got that ankle injury recently, and that's also why I bring up Trey Young. Uh, But the Hawks are legit, and Trey Young is legit. He is annoying. He is the villain of the league. He is a top talent in the league, though. And I, as a basketball fan, cannot deny top talent. He's phenomenal. The shots he makes, the shots that he even has the gumption to take are insane. And really the only other person, like I brought up before, I've seen do what he's done has been Steph Curry. Now, I bring up the floater, though, because it is so, so lethal. And I, I am speaking from experience and playing them in a, in a series. Uh, there's so much you can do with it. Trey Young has the ability to stop on a dime and pull up and take the shot. Trey Young has the ability to throw up a floater after getting hit and, and mm-hmm. taking the contact and getting an and one play and making the floater. That is why the, the foul hawking that he does, no pun intended there, right. uh, is as annoying as it is because he makes the shot as well. It doesn't matter whether it's a good call, bad call. The guy is making every single shot. So all the props in the world to him. Uh, He's just phenomenal. I think that he is giving the Bucs a good run for their money. It Mm -hmm. really stinks that both him and Giannis got injuries. Uh, I still think that Trey Young will come back, especially if they make it to the next round. I think he'll definitely be back for the finals. but it's going to be interesting to see which of these two teams can come out of this series and move on because it's anyone's game really uh, with two of the top stars in the league in the East uh, out for the count. Yeah. I mean, that's been the main storyline of these playoffs. And uh, I don't think, let me, let me check quickly, but no, I don't think any of my three quotes really have to do about that either, but Every team left now has had some kind of major injury. Uh, The Suns are the luckiest of the four because Chris Paul is healthy at the moment and he's playing tonight as we record against the Clippers, who are obviously missing Kawhi for this entire series. And still, I mean, the Clippers, you know, last I checked, I was just watching, were in a tight one in game six. They've survived. And the same can be said about the Hawks, you know, playing without Trey Young last night. They were doing well even before Giannis's injury. Uh, But like you said, just sucks. Like this entire postseason has been characterized by every team going through at least one major injury the nets included and we'll probably get to that as we go on so i'll hold off for now but that's really been what it is now what i have to say about that quickly before i go to trey young and my take on him is that doesn't mean this ring should not be legitimized you know or seen as for some reason an easier mickey mouse ring or whatever that phrase is compared to past seasons because if anything it's made it more difficult now if the Bucs had stayed fully healthy or the Hawks or anybody 
and they got to play against these teams that were all, you know, a step behind them because they weren't at their top level because they weren't fully healthy, then I get it to an extent, but then they should also be praised for staying healthy in a season where everybody was playing these back-to-back games and obviously going through this extra stress that was causing more injuries here and there. Um, so no matter what, and I mean, especially now that it seems like everyone's on even footing, um, but even before that, no one should have been criticized or seen as not deserving, you know, making it this far, because if anything, they've been even more impressive for getting here. Um, yeah, as for Trey Young, think, but yeah, yeah. Explain your side on no, that. I, I just think that it's different when you're looking at the bubble because right. that's regarded as the Mickey Mouse ring. And frankly, it is. We saw that the Lakers weren't able to fully compete out West this season. We saw that the Heat who played them in the finals couldn't even get – did they even make the playoffs this year? Uh, no. They got swept by the uh, Bucks. Swept by the Bucks first round. There you yeah. go. Yeah. They didn't show up to play. They were not the same team. The only team that the bubble clearly wasn't a, a fluke with is the Phoenix Suns, who are now in the playoffs. Mm. And guess what? They didn't even get to make the bubble playoffs, and they went on that stretch. So the bubble is completely Mickey Mouse. I think we need to establish that now. (laughs) Uh, It's a fraudulent ring. Anything in regular season does not matter if if it's played to the full extent uh, that it can be. And injuries happen. Injuries are part of the game. You have to work and build around them and have pieces that can allow you to still succeed, uh, even if your star goes down. One other thing in in regard to injuries, though, I have a hot take that Kawhi Leonard is not going to play at all, even if the Clippers move on to the next round. I think you're right. And I I don't even I think that it could potentially have to do with him maybe leaving the team this offseason. Okay, you want to be healthy. Uh, You want that max money. I think that that could be involved in with it, too. The other side of it, though, is that I've been scared about Kawhi's knee for a long, long time now. He had a very similar knee injury to Todd Gurley. And look at how Tom that Tom (laughs) Todd Gurley had downgraded uh, when he basically carried Jared Goff and the Rams to that Super Bowl. So look out for that, because I really, really don't think that Kawhi Leonard will be playing again. Yeah, that's a good call. Um First, on the bubble, I don't even want – you know, I, I'm the biggest <laughs> – we've talked about this on your podcast. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan in the world. Um, but even still, I do think that the bubble should count because it had its own challenges in its own ways. Um, did it reflect what would have happened in a full regular season without COVID? I don't think so. So I agree with you there. But do they deserve the ring for, you know, going through the same circumstances as everyone else, excuse me, and winning? I think, yes, I think they deserve to have that ring. They deserve to be shown in league history as champions. Um, But to use, you know, that fourth ring in LeBron's GOAT argument, that's a whole nother story. I hate the GOAT argument. We've talked about this everywhere and I hate it. Uh, But yeah, so, yeah, I I don't know. I I think that the the GOAT argument, just (laughs) to get away from it, but also bring up a point, I think it's been established that LeBron is never going to be the GOAT after this season. I really think that this was the, uh, the nail in the coffin to me. The whole selling out for Space Jam 2 after he lost, <laughs> super lame. I, I don't like that, uh, getting mixed in with basketball. Uh, yeah. But I will say that, like, the standard held in a regular playoff series, like, to me, I think it's way more impressive that the Hawks and Trey Young could have done what they did against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden than LeBron and AD winning a ring in front of zero fans in a, in a yeah. bubble scenario. So no, that's totally I, true. I definitely weigh this stuff way more. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's different. And and I don't think that, like I was saying, LeBron is really that guy anymore. We're seeing 
people freak yeah. out about Kevin, your Kevin Durant on the Nets. Uh, Giannis right now playing fantastic. Trey Young, that's just the East alone. I mean, Devin Booker is crazy, crazy talented as well out mm-hmm. West. And Paul George, playoff P, come on. The dude is still balling and not getting the respect that he deserves. So there is much more talented faces of the league now. And uh, I think we need to get away from just shoving LeBron down everyone's throats. Now, I 100,000% agree with that. No question. Um, what I will say is he seemingly did play through an injury, you know, in this playoffs and he didn't have AD. Look, if he was fully healthy, he didn't have AD and beat the Suns, that would already be, wow, like, okay, he still got it. And he wasn't able to yeah. do that. I don't t- I'm not taking anything away from him losing when he's not fully healthy and ad's not there against the Suns, who were the two seed like there's nothing to be like come on dude like you're supposed to be the greatest for a generation blah 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 but it was his attitude leaving games early with five minutes left walking into the locker room and saying hey this game's over i don't need to be here like acting like he's better than the rest of the team that's still on the court and has to play this out like that was where I mean, that just summed up why I'm not the biggest LeBron guy. But we can leave that there. Trey Young, I want to give my two cents on him. He has been fantastic. And it's so frustrating that, you know, like you said, he stepped on a ref's ankle who, sure, was out of bounds. He didn't get in the way. Like, that was just a fluke injury. But it just summed up these playoffs because, once again, somehow these random circumstances took out another star player. So without him, like I mentioned earlier, the Hawks still looked better, you know, at home than the Bucs um, in Game 5. And Giannis's injury was just kind of the nail in the coffin for that game. Um, but now it's going to be what game six brings. We're back in Milwaukee. They can still, t- no, no, no. Game five, I'm a game ahead. This is a tied series, 2-2. And in theory, if Giannis, who's doubtful right now for game five in Milwaukee, if he doesn't play and if Trey Young is at least good enough to get out there and give some minutes, the Hawks could take a firm grip on this series as a whole Bring it back to the A. I don't know if Giannis, who somehow didn't tear anything, that injury was disgusting. I haven't yeah. even fully watched it because we were watching, funny enough, game was a blowout. I'm watching Endgame with my brother and my neighbor. And, you know, I went to the bathroom. I saw the alert, didn't watch it because I had a knee injury, did not want to look at it. And I come back, talk to them about it, and they said, don't, don't look at it because it was disgusting. It was gross. It's going to be an ACL. I saw tweets with insiders being like, Buck sources believe this is an ACL injury. And then this morning, somehow Shams and Woj saying, no, no ligament tear, no full injury. It's just a hyperextension. He's going to be doubtful, not even just straight up out, doubtful for tomorrow's game. Like, that's crazy. Well, um, he, he's yeah. a big body, and True. you can take those hits. It's almost like LeBron in his prime. It's wild that LeBron's prime is even on the downward trend uh, yeah. recording this now. But uh, you know, Giannis can take those hits. He, he takes good care of his body and he's an absolute beast out there. Uh, but I do fully believe that in the NBA, teams never, ever tell the full extent of an injury. Now that's true. We yeah. saw that with uh, Joel Embiid this year. I think that was a lot more serious than it looked. I think we're seeing that currently with Kawhi Leonard. And I think the same is going to be said for Giannis. You know, guys just want to play. And if, if word gets out, I, I think people are going to step in and not let them. So I definitely think it's worse. That was a really, really tough injury. That's a good point, because right after the series, win or lose, especially lose, I think we're going to hear Giannis played through a partially torn ACL or something like that, which, you know, makes me respect him even more. Um, it's similar to Embiid, who, you know, I instantly don't like because he's a sixer and there's a rivalry there with Brooklyn. 
but he played through at least partially torn ligament, which is just insane to me that anyone yeah. can go out there and he's scoring like 30 points a game in the playoffs. It's crazy. So all respect to him as well. But, you know, that's what this ring means to so many players, um, including Giannis, who just like when you're watching him, he doesn't strike me as a guy who could ever be injured. It's similar to LeBron where like they finally have a fluke ankle injury or just something and they miss time. And you think, no way, like I've seen this guy play for forever. Even in Giannis's case, he's only been around five, six years at his full peak, but he's the back-to-back MVP in 2018, 2019. I mean, it's like you just would expect him to just keep going on because that's what he's always done. But long story short, it um, it was crazy. huh? I was going to say that he really is, to me, the Shaq 2.0. And Mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm. like kind of a phrase that has become kind of common for us and for me across uh, football and basketball now is that we're seeing a new generation of talent in both. And I think in football, 2.0 means that you're getting the more mobile version of older quarterbacks, uh, like Daniel Jones being Eli Manning 2.0, for example. And I think that with basketball, we're seeing that as well, like Trey Young being Steph Curry 2.0, Giannis being Shaq 2.0. I think Zion is basically Charles Barkley 2.0. Okay, I I think we're getting just these more dominant, more uh, shooter-ready versions of players because the the three and, and the jump shot, has become so vitally important to the game. It's why you're seeing centers too that are just lighting it up from three still. Like Jokic can still hit threes. So Our MVP, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely uh, big, big literal shoes to fill. Yeah. But Giannis is that guy. He's as good and he just needs uh, a Penny Hardaway or uh, uh, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, uh, to help him out there. And Chris Middleton the other night did that just for him, dropping even more points than he did. I think it was like 32, 34, whatever it may be, if not more. Um, so Chris Middleton needs to be big in order for the Bucs to finish out this series as well as finish out and win the finals. Yeah, Middleton, I saw a tweet or something. I won't claim this take, but I totally agree with it. He may be the most on and off or hot and cold star in today's NBA where, and I, I would consider him a star. He has played like it against the Nets, you know, against um, the Heat in the first round, like we mentioned, and even here against the Hawks, but he can just disappear and shoot 20% in one game. And you think like, how is this the guy you chose to make the main right-hand man for Giannis or build around him with Giannis? Like that's insane. And and sometimes Drew Holiday looks the same way where he shot three for at least 15 against the Nets in game seven and then lit it up in the fourth quarter. And that's why, you know, for both these guys, they just can turn it on, can make those shots. And even in the rest of the series, whether Giannis is healthy or not, the Bucs can get through because to me, they're still the more talented roster, especially if you take Trey Young away from the Hawks. Um, And I think in game four, we saw what home court advantage in this post bubble day and age where everybody's just running to the arena to get to these games. Like I did for game two against the Bucs in Brooklyn. Um, They just want to see a live game. And I think the atmosphere in Atlanta causing Giannis to airball multiple free throws like that got to the Bucs. But you've got that deer district in Milwaukee for every game that takes place there. I, I still think, and I guess this can get to a prediction, you know, spot with this series, and we'll have more with my quotes. But with this series, I think it's going to end up being Milwaukee in seven, no matter what um, Giannis's injury or Trey Young's injury ends up being. They could both be back in game five. They could both not play another game for the rest of the series. 
But I think every home game is going to be won, you know, by Milwaukee, then Atlanta, then Milwaukee in game seven. I think that's what's going to happen just based on how different these two teams both looked in past series and now with their home court advantage versus without it. So that's my prediction. Bucks in seven. I think we'll see Giannis by game seven, if not earlier. But yeah. I, I think that if I did have to pick a player that I would like to see team up with Giannis and who can mm. help him out tremendously and be a true like dual superstar dynamic duo, I think you get Bradley Beal. I think you get Beal to the Bucks, and that team is absolutely electric. That is your Kobe Bryant slash uh, uh, Penny Hardaway type player uh, to, to help a, a basically Shaq 2.0 out and and secure a win so if they don't get it done in the finals i think that the front office needs to try and put together a package for him the other thing to wrap out this series and it, it involves the nets is that it is such a shame like gen like genuinely <laughs> such a shame that the nets were the ones not in this series because yeah. i 100 percent think that they beat the hawks here especially mm -hmm. with uh trey young injured now and i think that they can beat either of the teams in the finals now because uh, Chris Paul, you know, not playing that great lately post COVID uh, and then um, Kawhi Leonard being out as well for the Clippers. Right. I think that the Nets, if they bring back uh, Kyrie, if Harden gets some more rest, I guarantee that they are winning the finals this year. And um, it would have been better for the league. Having a yeah. new team in there would have been better for the league. So absolute shame, but <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to more Nets talk after. We will. And not too much, but like we've yeah. said, you have your own podcast to rant on one side. I don't have mine. I, I, I mean, I got mine out at the time um, when we did <laughs> yeah. our interview, but it was also a little, it was mid series, you know? Yeah. So I was it's like, it, in the it was like after game two, and I'd just been there, I'd seen it live and was thinking, how could we lose the series? But knowing, you know, and I even told you because we were looking towards like, who'd you rather play, the Sixers or Hawks, or who'd you rather see in the finals? And I told you, I was like, this Bucks series isn't over yet, but I wasn't thinking because of injuries. I was just thinking this, this Bucks team is still good. You know, we saw a good game three where everybody's fully healthy and we just couldn't score and neither could them. Um, but when Kyrie got hurt uh, and I, it obviously was not on purpose, but Giannis came way too close into him on that layup. And that is what caused it. Obviously not on purpose. It was by accident, but regardless, that was the dagger and we had a rush Harden back. He did not look the same. Um, Hey, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> both our teams are out and, you know, we're looking towards football at this point, not even baseball, but regardless, let me get to my first basketball quote. Um, let's see. Uh, this seems most relevant to our conversation, whether that's a hint or not. So I'm getting so many congratulations. Like, man, great year. Like did that. Like I didn't do anything. We lost. I knew I was nice. I've scored 48 before I've had big games before I made big shots before. So it didn't feel like anything special to me because we lost. Um, I'm going to say that it's Kevin Durant. Yes, sir. And obviously yeah. because, like we mentioned, they went down in seven. They faced so many difficulties. And we'll keep this short because, like I said, I already got really what I wanted to talk about off before. But, I mean, <laughs> let's look on the bright side. Kevin Durant came back from an Achilles injury and, in my opinion, looked as good if not better than how he looked with the Warriors. It's insane. And it doesn't make, you I'd know, say better, honestly. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It like, logically, I, I didn't expect this. I, I thought he would be, 
you know, let's say conservatively 80% of the player he was before the injury, maybe less. And that would have been great and would have been worth the max. But instead he comes back, plays at MVP caliber when he was healthy, obviously didn't play enough games to compete with Jokic and beat anybody. And like I said earlier, congrats to Jokic, who we didn't, you know, haven't recorded since his MVP win. That was sick. First center since Shaq. So shout out to that. But I mean, KD went healthy and when he was needed, you know, to take over, he was the guy that answered that question that I know part of my take love to so many people like who takes the final shot for the Nets. Well, if he can, it's KD. But the reason the Nets lost some of these games is they couldn't get it to him. And we saw Bruce Brown miss a floater. You know, he had such a good game in that game. And I know he got slandered by some of our friends. Um, for trying will, to do too I will much. continue to slam which is totally that, fair I get it you know shot, but it shouldn't yeah. have been his but he had played so well up to that point um but it was guys like him who didn't come up in the clutch guys like Joe Harris who had a terrible series against the Bucks I still stand by him but at the same time if Sean Marks had some kind of trade drawn up to get rid of his contract and find somebody else I'm not opposed at this point it's crazy to say that because I love Joe Harris but to stay on topic KD was the guy through all seven games I mean, he played uh, He played all 48 minutes in game five, which we won it, um, at home, yes. Uh, he played 40-plus in game six at Milwaukee, which we almost took as well. Um, or were we down? Regardless, so he played through all that. And then game seven, plays every minute, including overtime, 53 minutes. The dude just, you would, if you were told, he just came off a season-ending injury where he missed an entire season following that. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, he's back. First full season, he was still hurt for games throughout this year. And it's like, no, he's missing one of his stars. His other is not clearly at 100%. And yet everything, his entire back, he was carrying the entire team. And he hits a buzzer beater shot that was literally an inch from being a game-winning three. He did everything he could. And, I mean, there I have an extension of this quote that I didn't want to read because, you know, I think the one I had here kind of summed up what I wanted to talk about. But the bright side silver lining before I get to your take on all this is how he followed literally where I cut this quote off. The continuation was the camaraderie we built with the fans, the culture we kind of built around Barclays and just Nets culture in general. People kind of look at the Nets now like, all right, they can be a contender next year. I like that part of it. I was excited about that going forward. So there is hope, of course, in Brooklyn. We did so great this year with so many difficulties throughout. And I think a full offseason, first of all, to just let these guys rest, because that's what every team in the NBA needs. But more importantly, a full offseason where these three big three superstars can figure out even more <laughs> chemistry uh, than they already had and then come out and have a full season together. I think it's going to be so valuable to them and to the efforts of this team as a whole. So I'm looking forward to next year. I've gotten over the loss this year because everybody went through some injuries and we just were one of those unlucky teams that couldn't get over it. So those are all of my takes. I'm done <laughs> with my next yeah. talk, but I want to hear what you think. No, I, Kevin Durant was phenomenal. I mean, like case in point, he was unreal in the playoffs. And you're right. It was to me, it all boils down to that last shot, his foot being literally an inch. Like sometimes you just can't help that. And like yeah. as a fan, obviously you're going to be disappointed. But like I, as someone watching on the outside, like can't not see that happen and be like wow like this was so far-fetched like they could easily have been that team that is now still playing so like yeah to me it, it was a great season regardless that's just one of those things and you're going up against the bucks with Giannis. like 
it's very real. Like it's good competition out there. It's not the, the NBA at this point, there's so many good different teams that you can throw in the mix with talented stars. I feel like everyone is spaced out very well now. And this is what had happened about like two years ago uh, that we had talked about. It's spaced out so perfectly so that really any team could win. Um, it, what I will say, and I guess this is like my best standpoint on things as a Knicks fan is the common Nets Knicks uh, argument. And it's, it's like from the Knicks side mainly is that like, it's our city and stuff. And while mm. I fully wholeheartedly believe that it's a Knicks town, I, I will ride that to the grave. I think that MSG is the Mecca. I do admire the fact that Nets fans are as passionate as they are. I think that the Nets fan base itself, while it may be contained within that Barclays community is very, very strong and is incredibly passionate about their team, which is good because sometimes you get teams that no one really cares about. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing. Like that's in its own right, uh, something to, to love and that you can have your own individual culture there and honestly less pressure. So I think that's a really, uh, really cool thing that I kind of figured out within uh, these playoffs next year. Yeah. You know, I, I think, Obviously, big three is back. Obviously, you need to fix some pieces, which you can do, uh, you know, now that that first season's kind of out of the way. Obviously, the window is still slightly closing, I guess you can say, um, to an extent, just because it's these three incredible stars that, you know, they're not all three of them going to be able to finish out their careers in Brooklyn, I don't think. Mm. Um, I think, you know, Kevin Durant surely can. I, I think that maybe Kevin Durant and Kyrie, if they wanted to, could. I just don't really see a scenario where all three of them will want to, uh, especially if, you know, things don't go the right way again next year and they don't make a final. So remains to be seen, but phenomenal effort. Like I said, could have gone any way on that last shot. Yeah. And it, it like as a fan, like if that had been my team, like it's soul crushing. You know, yeah, it, it, it was so I'll quickly run, I guess, everybody listening. Um, I think you heard this already, but not on the podcast um, through where I was for that shot and where, you know, what happened. So I'm with uh, Ryan Mealy, friend of the show, uh, hasn't been on yet, but totally could come on and talk Jaguars football, talk really anything with us, which would be fun. Um, but it was at his house with his brother, Matt, with Matt Lapine as well, all sack guys. And we were all watching. Um, we were standing up uh, since at least the three minute mark of that fourth quarter, we were just standing <laughs> and just stressing out and, you know, going through the motions of the highs, the lows, everything. And, you know, it came down, like you said to this, I mean, like I've even said to so this final shot in regulation, we're down two and we're stressing like crazy because we know what's coming. Everybody in the building, everybody watching knows this is supposed to be a Kevin Durant shot. Um, and of course, because we all know the bucks know for sure. And they hadn't, draped defensively um but you know we see him step back we see him turn around we see him just pull up for the shot that i don't know how he even found the rim before he took it off and you know he shoots he hits it and i kind of thought you know this i was trying to be as calm as humanly possible because to my right is lapine he jumps and sprints out the room and i put my arm out and catch him because he thinks it's a three because the mealies think it's a three and from what i saw I was like, this, he's right there on the line. It's so damn close. And I waited and I was excited regardless, because if it's a two, we're going to OT. We're playing so well. This is such a momentum booster that we should be able to carry it through. And of course, long story short, we didn't, but 
at least that keeps the game going. You know, if this shot doesn't go in, it doesn't matter if it's a two or a three, the series is over. So I'm cool. But uh, the other three guys, you know, were going crazy and I turned their attention and they were, you know, like you said, kind of devastated at one, on one hand being like, that should have been it. On the other hand, being like, we still just saw greatness. And I think that's what this whole series was, was yeah. Kevin Durant showing, look, he didn't win the series. You know, he didn't win a ring this year. But this season may have boosted or helped his legacy more than either of his rings with the Warriors. Definitely. So I look, think I think yeah. now after this series that he is currently the best player in the NBA. And I don't yeah. think I would have said that going into the season. Uh, there's no reason why he couldn't have been. But I didn't necessarily see that out of him. Uh, during his time in Golden State because of the supporting cast there. And I didn't mm-hmm. think that I could see that out of him this season because of the supporting cast here. But when the supporting cast was cleared out, you yeah. saw greatness rise. And that's what Kevin Durant did in that series. A hundred percent. So that's my KD take on that game. And I love him. And he really, I was a fan the second he signed with us because that was given Brooklyn a chance, a team that, like you said, has a smaller fan base than New York. And look, I also agree with you that it isn't like, New York is a Knicks town. My take has always been, you and Butter know this better than anybody, is that I've never debated, you know, that the Knicks have a bigger fan base than the Nets because they do. Um, But the Nets had, especially this year, a brighter team. And the Knicks have a very bright future that we have talked about on What's Pod and that we discuss all the time. Um, And it's never been taking away from that because these two teams coexist. For me, it's been the Knicks being the older brother fan base, kind of like the Yankees can be to the Mets should not take away from what the Nets have because they're the ones that brought in these superstars that the Knicks didn't have at the time still right now don't, but certainly have the potential to bring in in the future. So for me, it was the Knicks have so much more, you know, such storied history. um, And as a franchise, you know, have won rings in the past, whether they be so long ago, it doesn't matter, (laughs) but (laughs) true, but still, you know, they've had that. The Nets have only been in Brooklyn for now 10 years. So it's so different. However, the Nets are further along on the trip to their next title. You know, knock on wood, they even get one. The Knicks are following that same path. They're just a couple years behind. And that doesn't take anything away because I rode that path and I'm so happy I did. So, well, that, that's know, the other, yeah. that's the other thing too, is there could have been potential this year for it to be a Nets town. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. the Knicks don't have the season they had this year, True. I fully think that the bandwagon would have been on in Brooklyn and people are going to be flocking new kids that are new to the game because the Nets fan base is very young. I think True. Uh, who are new to the game are wanting to uh, watch Kevin Durant and, and watch New York basketball. They're going to be seeing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Harden, all these like sexy pieces to a team that you, you can have. And while that was obviously still there, you know, you still had a very young, fun team and kind of a cool culture with New York still. Mm-hmm. Um, so even out a bit, but I definitely, definitely think it could have been a Nets town. So yeah. I guess I'm just lucky enough, but yeah. yeah. No, I think we'll still see that though. I don't think it means, and look, I, like I've said, not, <laughs> we will not debate it. I think it always remains a Knicks town, but we're going to see more buildup in that Nets um, fan base themselves, especially in New York city. Because like you said, these young fans are going to watch these players and want to not even root for KD and Kyrie. They're going to want to go out on the court and play like KD, Kyrie. They're going to see those guys. And look, there will be some young power forwards that want to dominate the post like Julius Randle too. No question about that. But on the net side, when you have these guys doing this on the biggest stage in the playoffs, hitting these shots like KD, 
you know, cutting guys up and crossing them over like Kyrie. And then, of course, Harden with his step back when healthy. Devastating. So you'll see those moves emulated just like we saw when Steph Curry was at the top of the game and people just wanted to shoot threes like him. So it is good for the game as a whole. None of these guys are new to the game. They've just teamed up and I think have been elevated even more in terms of how they've been marketed. And the Nets have done such a good job not marketing to New York. That was kind of my final point. They're not trying to take over New York and be a Nets town. And like their slogan says, they're going worldwide not trying to take over the world as a whole. That's never what that slogan has meant. It's just been let's market to China where our owner is from and try to get some fans across the world. Let's try to get people all over the country who originally said, nah, like I hate the Nets. I hate KD, Kyrie, Harden. They all have different reasons to root against them. But fans in states that don't have an NBA team might want to play like one of these guys, Seattle, who drafted Kevin Durant, still don't have the Supersonics. Maybe fans there want to root for the Nets and see their guy who they trusted play well. So it's all these different things where I think Nets world doesn't sum up the fact that the entire world's rooting for the Nets because they sure were not. But it means that we're going and targeting fans, not just from New York, because look, half the fan base is still in New Jersey anyway. And that's something, a dig that Knicks fans might take at us. And I'm going to claim it because that's why I root for them in the first place. You know, there's no shame in that. Um, But yeah, that's why I think we can coexist so well and why there isn't even a rivalry yet, like we've said, and like we both want. Because Knicks-Nets games, when we're both competitive, could be a lot of fun to watch together and root against each other and root for our teams. All that stuff. But right now, I, I think the fan honestly, bases don't conflict. Yeah. In the long run, though, I, I think you guys will continue to be rivals with the Sixers. Yeah. And I think we are going to be rivals with the Hawks. Yeah. I think that we're on a very similar path where we are going to be meeting the Hawks year in, year out. Uh, and e- honestly, even after like the Nets time is kind of up, um, obviously, if New York remains to be good, if the Knicks remain to have good seasons, and superstars decide to want to play in New York, like the Knicks are that team still. I just think that you guys had a perfect, perfect time slot lineup where you can get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all that. Right. I think that like to compete against Trey Young, who I think will continue to be with the Hawks for a while, it's going to have to happen. So I think that that rivalry is going to be even deeper. To me already, it's deeper. I feel a way different type yeah. of way about the Hawks than I do with the Nets. The Nets is more just like a theoretical rivalry where i have like tangible reason to actively hate on the hawks yeah so i i get it yeah no i mean that's how i feel about the sixers because we met them in 2019 which was our stage of where you guys are now you know they stomped us when we thought look we could go through these playoffs and surprise all these teams and all of a sudden the sixers are playing dirty against us so that was the same way and now look the sixers and nets are on the same level course we both got eliminated in the second round even though we should have met in the ecf but look neither here nor there injuries happen but regardless i think you're right i think the knicks and hawks despite not being the same division which i always think should have a bigger you know feel than it does in baseball which is you know obviously my favorite sport it has such a bigger feel in the nfl huge you know rivalry games because the division plays twice a year and you only see other opponents once if not in the playoffs So the NBA, you play 82 games a year and just don't really care about the division because it's like four games versus three, whatever. Um, And it's usually just because of location that there'd be a rivalry. 
But again, if we stay on the same level, and I know what you're saying with the Nets window closing because these guys are old. It's not really like a window closing. Like it's, it's I don't really know how to actively like describe no, it. No, they're on different like, you know yeah. levels in development right now. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say at least because uh, yeah, the definitely. the Knicks and Hawks are both young teams built around young stars who could add more. You know, the Hawks can do that too. We've talked about the Knicks, obviously in that big market, have the cap for these players. And the Hawks are a little bit more tied down. have already spent their money on Capella, on Bogdanovich, et cetera. But you can trade those guys easily because they have value and find the next big star to play with Trey. But do you even want that? Because they're still yeah. winning, you know? Well, but, yeah. the, the other thing that I think is is good for you guys in, in uh, our division, though, is the fact that our coach is Tom Thibodeau, which is a crazy paradox to be living in. But I honestly can't see us winning a final with him as our coach. Maybe we make it there. Sure. You know, maybe we get to the round before, but I can't see us winning it all with Tom Thibodeau. I think he's that perfect step. I think that (laughs) we are going to be stupid and lock him in for the longest time because Mm -hmm. of this uh, ascent to greatness this year. But man, like realistically in my head as a basketball guy, I know it won't get done with him coaching full time every year. year Yeah. So no, the crazy uh, thing about you saying that is the Nets literally just went through that with Kenny Atkinson last year. And he was the coach that developed all these young guys and got us to that next level, attracted the stars, signed them, tried to play with them for a year. Obviously, Katie was hurt, didn't even take the court. And Kyrie played maybe 10 games. But we already realized, like, Kenny's a development guy. He might end up with Orlando. I heard he was the, like the favorite that. to sign there. I yeah, like him too. and Cole Anthony teaming up. Man. Exactly. That's he's fire. so great. He's on. He's an assistant right now with LA, and he's worked perfectly developing Terrence Mann, helping Reggie Jackson, who's not a young player, but shout out BC, turn yeah, his game around Reggie's too. Goated. I've had such Been a good incredible. time. Watching. Yeah. Yeah. So so all those things, he can come back and coach a young team to develop them. I don't know if he's ever going to be a championship guy because he doesn't work with the stars in the same way, at least as a head coach. So I totally get the Tibbs comparison. And it just makes me realize more. And I've said this so many times that the Knicks are literally following the Nets path in the best way possible. So that's a whole nother reason that they are. Um, Yeah. I think I had one more point. I don't even know where. Oh, I, I was going to say that, you know, if things start to go that, that way that Kenny Atkinson did with the Nets, right. I am all in on trying to steal your guy, Amari Stoudemire, who's also yeah. my guy, and have him be a, a head coach as like a player's coach. I'm not a player's coach guy. I do believe it's important when you have that special team. That's my pick True. for who I want. I'm saying I think that he'd work. Maybe, maybe a retired Mello. Who knows? Oh, who that knows? Would be, that would be insane. <laughs> I don't see him. Mello doesn't strike me as a coach. Amari has I that like think so. I think leadership. Amari and he will have the same kind of experience that Steve Nash had before he became a head coach because he was an advisor with the Warriors who were a title team. And now we, uh, we could see what Jeremy Lin does as well. Always got to show Jeremy Lin some love. Um, Dude, he's a smart guy. So smart. he's yeah. a Harvard guy. Like I would yeah. not mind him drawing up plays. He's, he was a point like uh, being a point guard as a head coach is, is exactly what you want. So it's another That's name. That's a good point too. Yeah. In terms of Mari, though, he's learning from not only Steve Nash, who's obviously, you know, a first time head coach himself, but Mike D'Antoni, Jacques Vaughn, Ime Udoka, who's now the Celtics head coach. All those guys were assistants for the Nets tonight and have, you know, moved on or have been linked to new head coach positions themselves or done it before. It's just they're perfect guys for a guy like Amari or Tiago Splitter, who's also on our bench um, as an assistant to learn from and become coaches themselves. 
So I do expect to see, I, I think the sneaky call is in like five, six years. Tiago splitter, crazy. Back to the Spurs. He went through the Spurs, Spurs organization. He's on this assistant staff as well. And if Tim Duncan doesn't want to do it, which he seems like he kind of wants to coach, but now he's not their assistant anymore. And I think Becky Hammond, who I think she's going to get a different job, honestly. That's what I was going to say. She seemed like she's being kind of groomed for the Spurs spot. And now it's like she might be, you know, plucked away. That was poached, plucked, either word works, Um, taken away and go to another team and become their head coach, which I would love. I really hope Becky Hammond gets that. Regardless, though, the Spurs will have a spot soon. Popovich is going to want to hang it up. And Splitter has been learning for a couple years now. So that would be pretty cool. Uh, final, final Nets point. They can extend all three of the big three this offseason. It's something I didn't think about for the longest time. Just thought, oh, man, they're going to hit free agency. They'll all have their player option in 2022 and all decline it. They all want free agency money. But it turns out I don't really they think they will like they would, though, you know, I kind of feel like they're, where else are you going to go? Like, you know, that's like, fair for sure. But for me, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm always a scared Nets fan. I, I never <laughs> think we're just going to walk to the finals because as we saw, it's way more difficult than that, no matter what. Um, but in terms of this, I just kind of forgot that you can extend these guys, even with a player option. You could just kind of add it on and that becomes a guaranteed year. Um, and all three, including Harden, are eligible for that this year. And where can you get the most money as a free agent? With the team you're currently at. That's just how it works in the rule book. Maybe to incentivize, you know, small market teams keeping their stars like Giannis. But here we are with the Nets who have become a big market team. Obviously already were, but have that money too. They can keep all three guys in theory. I, I agree with you that it doesn't seem likely, but I think Kyrie is actually... I'm crazy enough, most confident in just because he grew up a Nets fan. I, I she, think so, too. I think right? Kyrie is a lock to retire a Nets, to be honest. Yeah, and, and Celtics fans will tell me the opposite all the time, and I get it. He did not give them their loyalty. They want to play it. They're yeah, terrible people. He was traded there. Boston yeah. people are yep. awful people. Yep. This is what we need to realize. Like yeah. It's the same across all sports. You can't be surprised when players don't want to go there. Like The only thing that they have is that – Bill Belichick is the coach in New England. <laughs> if he wasn't, there's not a chance anyone would want to play there. And even then, like, what is to like, listen, we go to BC, like we love being in Boston, but what is there to actually like about Boston? Like, I don't, it's cold. I, it's not uh, <laughs> like it's these people. So that's the main yeah. thing. I, I will a hundred percent defend Kyrie Irving on that because I, yeah. it's the same people that are Red Sox fans and we know how they are. So screw yeah. that. And if nothing else, he was traded there. So it wasn't his choice to go there. But then, of course, he said in that, you know, like start of season thing, like, if you guys will have me, I'd love to retire a Celtic or something. And of course, it's like he did say, if you'll have me and probably had some weird interactions with fans throughout that year anyway. But then it doesn't go well in the playoffs. You know, they win the first round, they get swept in the second. And it's like, yo, I'm teaming up with KD in Brooklyn. And look, like, who can blame him for that? So I think he stays. I think KD, like we saw in this quote, um, there was a Jackie McMullen tweet or like leak where she said KD wants to win three rings as a net. And he shut that down immediately. Not saying that he doesn't, but saying like, yo, I, I, I'm not friends with Jackie McMullen. She, I don't talk basketball like this with anyone, let alone with journalists that are just going to make these fake quotes. It happened to him with Jay Williams earlier. So yeah. he's like, guys, like that I didn't see. Williams is awful. <laughs> like, like, he's like, had a tough game. month. Also, yeah. like props to Kevin Durant for shutting that down because to this day, the stupid Miami Heat, not one, not two, oh. not three, whatever, yeah, still gets brought up. So yeah, 
good for him for <laughs> locking that down. Yeah, and I mean, Nets fans were like, yo, like, this would be sick, though. Like, they're kind yeah. of tweeting that. I'm like, hey, like, you could do this, though. But, <laughs> you know, so some people, on the other hand, were like, oh, so KD doesn't want to commit, you know, long-term to the Nets. But that's not what that was. It was just him saying, like, I don't talk to journalists about, like, theoretical basketball stuff. He's, he's spending his time talking to friends about, like – probably video games or like his podcast he's starting up or his yeah. business like all these things that a normal person does because kd i think people lose it in the fact that he tweets all the time when in reality what are we doing you and i are tweeting all the time like it's a yeah. normal person thing and it's like oh shoot like this basketball player like actually wants to fire back at people that chirp at him or like you know like all these things where it's like wow you're a role model man we look up to you to not do these you yeah. know random things but in reality, it's like, what do we want to do? It's this. I, I mean, I, I, there yeah. is, I am a fan, especially in sports of the silent killer. Like I totally. get what Kevin Durant. No, I get that. Like, I, I understand it. I just personally, like when I see Kevin Durant doing that, like I think of like how Michael Jordan, like didn't really care. He just went yeah, out. Yeah, different era, but still. I, I like, I like that you can just let, uh, let it do the talking. But people also forget that LeBron is also like all over Twitter, just talking about like, super like political stuff which like a lot of people don't want to deal with but yet again lebron is like forced down our throats like kevin durant's just like talking back to fans like it, right. it's like not nearly as big a deal or as big an, of an impact as lebron yeah. like let's not forget that lebron was super super quiet all of a sudden about the china issue so yeah. like like it, there's something to be said for instead just like going back and forth with rival fans or, or mm -hmm. you know phony journalists looking for clicks yeah uh instead so yeah and like he's a, he should be above that to an extent like i totally agree with the people who say like bro like what are you doing like stooping down to these like trolls levels that you know are just trying to get a response from you but on the other hand it's the same thing like we've all been in those twitter war you know going back and forth in replies because we're defending our favorite team or sometimes defending like a friend in his case where he might be talking about Kyrie or something so for me it's i've never even with the Michael Rapport stuff, which I know he, you know, said some slurs here there. Um, and that's not, you know, condoned by this show or by anyone. But it was private DMs where Rapport came at him first and leaked some private conversations. And I think both sides handled it poorly, but it was only put on KD. So that's always been my take on that. I, I don't know. Well, you know, I, but, I mean, yeah. that's that's one of the the things that Knicks and Nets fans can just agree on is that Michael oh, Rappaport yeah. is the worst. Yep. I don't need, so he was, I think he still poses as a Knicks fan. But yeah. listen, him and Andrew Yang are two guys <laughs> that I have huge problem with sure. as Knicks fans. And honestly, you can maybe even throw KFC from Barstool on there. Mm. Uh, but Andrew Yang, I remember saying he was going to take a break from being a Knicks fan yeah. at the start of the season. All of a sudden, we're good going into the playoffs, and he's talking it up with people as he's running for mayor. Screw Andrew yeah. Yang. Michael Rappaport, big Knicks guy, says he's this huge Knicks guy, goes on ESPN as a Knicks fan, literally just to destroy them and say how bad they <laughs> are. Fake fan. Like, again, he's he another guy at the start of the season. Um and I've seen him in like Nets jerseys and stuff yeah. too. No, yeah, same. Like I, and I don't want that. I despise. don't want that. At and all. then KFC is his own thing. Like it's probably not his biggest sport, but just going nuts uh, when your team is is in the playoffs. And like, listen, if the Rangers are doing well in the playoffs, I'm gonna be happy. I'm not gonna be losing it like oh, yeah. KFC Radio. I'm gonna be very happy. I'm gonna be ecstatic. I'm gonna be boastful. But like, 
<laughs> to be losing it at the extent when if you do know him and his show on a daily basis, you know that he doesn't really know what is going on with the Knicks, yeah. which he did end up admitting uh, later on. So, like, give him credit there. But, like, those three are the ones that, like, Knicks fans that come to my head. Uh, That's fair, maybe, yeah. As much as, like, I love, love, love Spike Lee being a Knicks fan, but him just Ooh. walking out was super lame. So That was tough, but he's loyal. It, like, he is he a true is fan. Um, but, again, he was another guy this season that said that – or, like, the end of last season who said, like, I'm taking a break from the Knicks. Oh, whatever. I do remember that. I, so, again, look, like, like, yeah. I'm still here, man. Like, I No, you were. You always year. were. Oh, yeah. Game in, game out. I have watched every season. Like, some have been way harder than others to, to sit through every single game. But compared to these fools, I'm here. <laughs> Dude, I mean, you and me both, when the Nets went 10 and yeah. 72, or was it 12 and 70? It was, it was probably 10, but it was, you know, yeah. something like that 10 years ago. I was watching. That was New Jersey. Um, <laughs> why was I a fan of that team? Who knows? But it worked out. Um, yeah. So, I, and I was going to say Andrew Yang, I think he was trying to like, I don't know, cater to both sides of New York, but he should have well, just stuck to the we had New stupid, York honestly, Knicks. I, we both lost because of stupid Bill de Blasio. What, oh, like, oh. Looking like a, a absolute boomer. I was happy with us. It was yeah. just a hat. You getting the jersey look. Oh, was that was awesome. so bad. Oh, it, so but bad. all around, screw him because it made yeah. New York look so lame. So yeah. screw that guy too. It's just politics and sports, man. Like I, I yeah. still, you know, they they I should work the together to degree, to but... talk politics than yeah. the politics and sure. talk sports. That, no, a hundred percent. Because at least the <laughs> athletes they represent, you know, a part of this country or whatever. That yeah. and look, we're not a politics show, but still, like everybody should have a voice. Um, on the other hand, when pol- pol- politicians are supporting athletes or teams really to just support themselves you know like that's when it's like all right you don't know what you're talking about you just care about looking like hey nets fans like your mayor likes your team when it's like dude like you've never talked about us once before and why would you and we don't want you to i don't know man there's there's a uh (laughs) so the fine line there um between all that but yeah so that's the nets talk i guess and look like this is how i expected the show to go and hope how i hope it keeps going for the rest of it is we might have three quotes each to talk about, but we've got a lot more to catch up on than yeah. just that. Um, and speaking of which a uh, quick shout out to Mississippi state baseball. They just won the college world series while we were recording. Um, I thought Vanderbilt would have had it Vandy boys, but Mississippi state comes back, wins two in a row and they are our champions. So shout out them. Yanks are up. Yanks are up. On, yes, they uh, are. Angels too. The Suns are up pretty big actually right wow. now. Wow. 80 to 67 with Dude. seven left in the third. So little sports update there. Um, uh, should I get into my next quote? I mean, yeah, go for it. Brought up Yankees. This I'll, I'll also say this again. It's not a Yankees quote, but it's baseball. Uh, cool. So go right into this one. I got a word like, like maneuver around this one. Cause there's a lot of uh, words yeah. that I, I need to, to blank out here. But totally. if, if the trends continue with blanks numbers and the blank success against the blanks it, it, it would give it away if i said yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the award will probably go to blank okay if you need more the blanks are a legit team and blank is a fan favorite you watch this kid and he's love and he loves playing the game it's pretty refreshing oh man okay 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 oh so i think you could go a couple ways here but so what did you say it was and the blanks keep doing well against the blanks like that was the interesting yeah, part so, of this quote so this player's team, so if yeah. and the blanks, his team 
success mm -hmm. against the blanks, like their rival. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I got it. We'll probably go to blank. I think I got it from that. Um, but it's kind of tough because both MVP races, which I'm just going to assume this is about, have been really tight. Um, so quickly to break down my thought process here, instead of just shouting out a name, um, MVP in the AL could be between Shohei Otani, who's playing great, but I don't see the Angels as a legitimate team yet, especially because Trout's been hurt. Um, and they don't really have a rival they've done great against, so it's not them. And then Vlad Jr. is the other AL candidate. But the Jays, same way. They're a good team. They're probably higher than us right now in the division, but they're still behind the Red Sox in race. So it's neither of them, in my opinion. I think we go to the NL, where the first name I think of is not – look, there's two Reds right now. They're doing great. Uh, Nick Castellanos, who's got that great home run call from last year that we all know and love. Um, <laughs> I, so it's all and, I can think about any yeah, time. No, same. No, of course. But he's still I'm like, sick. When, they, when I see alerts about him, I fully expect yeah. it to be that meme. So, <laughs> yeah. I just laugh every time I see his name. Yeah. So Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker have both been insane for the Reds, but they don't get any love because the Reds are also just about 500, if not more. Shout out Sam Browning, though, Cincinnati Reds fan. So shout out to him. However, all that to say, Fernando Tatis and the Padres, who've been great against the Dodgers. They're still behind the Giants in the division, but they keep winning against the Dodgers, and he's a stud. He loves the game. Like you said, he's playing so well, and he has, I think, the most homers in the NL right now. So Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Padres, lock it in. Yep. Let's so go. the Let's other go. team that I blanked out there was the Dodgers. I felt like yeah. giving the Dodgers would just basically give that away. 100%. Uh, so we're I, I'll start this off with like a weird little Yankees thing to get to the point. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the Yankees are super on again, off again, mainly yeah. off again, mainly horrible. I went on a huge rant on my last podcast <laughs> that I did, uh, how they just need to blow the whole thing up. I have not liked Aaron Boone as a manager. I did not like him when we made the hire. Uh, I, I I don't like Aaron Boone, basically. Um, but because the Yankees have been so bad, and again, they're winning tonight. They won the other night. They put up so many runs against the Angels with Otani, who you mentioned. Uh, so yeah. I'm, they just play with my emotions. Yeah. Uh, but overall, this this is not it. This team is not it right now. I, I think we need to sell, sell, sell on them. Uh, but because of that, our roommate Sam, shout out Sam. I hope he listens yeah. so we can get this little shout out. Mm -hmm. um, he is from... Coronado, which basically means that he is a San Diego Padres fan. So I've actually been locked in on yeah, them as well. And they are so much fun to watch. They are oh, yeah. as fun as I wish that the Yankees could be with this team that we have. But again, I'm not the, the go-to baseball guy on this show, but I do know when I see greatness on the field and Fernando Tatis is it. That dude mm -hmm. is an absolute monster. I think having Machado on that team as well, they're pitching. Everything about the Padres, I love. They're just fun baseball to watch. They're new baseball to watch. I think other teams that are actively, like, fun are technically, like, and we said this in our sports group chat, uh, the Red Sox and the Astros, I think, are both really fun teams. But I can't like either of those teams. I think that this team is a team that I'm so removed from that I can actively root for. I know that they were your team, basically, um in the uh in the nl so yeah i think they're also mine now i don't think i really had one they're 100 percent mine as well now so i'm locking in the padres i hope that they kill it this year and i just want to see this is the uh success come in because I, learning through our roommate just mm -hmm. like 
how passionate that fan base is because it's such a niche community now, uh, basically because the Chargers had left. I love this for them. So strongly, strongly supporting the Padres this year. So um, I don't think we'll be posting this video um, of the podcast. I think we're just going to record the audio off Zoom. But uh, the reason I just pulled my phone out and scrolled through stuff, I was on the MLB app because, like you said, on my favorite teams tab, there's the Padres right there. And, and you know, the Miami Marlins were that other team for me that I said they would be my second team mainly because of Jeter. But you know what? Screw them. Over them. Padres guy now. Uh, Lock in San Diego. Slam Diego. They're the new wave. Slam Diego is crazy. But so the Marlins, quick story, I'll keep it like 30 seconds. I was actually a fan of them because of Stanton. So before he even got traded, okay. I just loved them because it was just Stanton and Jose Fernandez, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, favorite pitcher in the league when he was with it, um, still alive and playing. Um, so I just love that team and always thought like they're going to get to this next level. And with those two guys, of course, they sadly never did. And they had Yelich, Ozuna, they all traded everybody. Um, but now they're kind of slowly coming up. They're still yeah. young. Jazz Chisholm is another so fun player. He's not Tatis for sure, but he hits so many triples because he's just so fast. Anyway, that's my Marlins well, 30 well, seconds. The other thing that I'll say about uh, Miami in general, like I actively kind of like Miami teams. Like mm. I enjoy the Jimmy Butler heat a lot. Yeah. I like. Dolphins. I don't think the rest of that team is that great, but like I'm yeah. a Jimmy Butler guy. I Out love bio school. play. Um, just the whole, ever since he went there and basically, you know, said, screw everyone else. I'm just going to ball in Miami. And then was wearing like the, uh, the hat was smoking a Cuban cigar. Fantastic. Love that Marlins too, you know, because of, uh, the heat. And then also the dolphins. I like watching the dolphins. I've seen a lot of stuff about Dan Marino. He was kind of a guy that I I knew, um, you know, a lot of people in my family had liked when he was playing. So actively like that team. I, like to support Tua, um, even though I don't think he is that good, but I, I actively like to support him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that all kind of lends to like the Marlins also being yeah. like that other team. But San Diego locking in, they are no way above them for me now. Love that team. A hundred percent. So yeah, quickly, I just remember now that when you mentioned Marino, my dad actually was a Dolphins fan, like as a little kid. So before yeah. he, you know, kind of got to the New York teams and became more of a sports guy, his favorite team period was the Mar- uh, the Dolphins. Excuse me. He had this, I saw it at his, my grandparents' house like 10 years ago, this little toy orange truck with the Dolphins lo- like logo on yeah. it, which was sick. Anyway, um, yeah, the reason I was a Padres guy though, and I won't claim them, you know, to the extent that a guy like Sam can, because uh, obviously I'm a Yankees guy through and through. But I always wanted the Padres to come up as well because I went, visited San Diego in 2013, went to a game, bought a Tim Ludwig shirt, I think, which is ridiculous because that dude, he was like a Cardinal for a while, just yeah. went there for a year. And I was like, you know what? Like, he's a pretty fun player. I think he left that offseason. But anyway, had that shirt. So if anyone wants to test my Padres second team fandom, which would be ridiculous if you did, but there you go. I can show you that shirt still if I didn't throw it out by now. Anyway, they are sick. They're so much fun to watch. Tatis, the center of it, but you Darvish, who Sam would be pissed at me if I didn't mention, is awesome right. on the hill. I was trying so, to think of you Darvish. I couldn't get the name to the front of my yeah. head while I was talking, but yes, you Darvish. He's as well. been filthy. He's been filthy. And Joe Musgrove threw that no hitter, which is the first in Padres history. We got to watch that, or at least I did with Sam. I think. I think that was before we went home. Um, but those two guys have been great on the hill. They have a good rotation. Otherwise, Jake Cronenworth, uh, the Crone Zone has been great. Um, just so many plays. Machado's there, and he is so much fun. He's hustling so much more than he did with the Dodgers. 
and it's good to see him outside of the AL East when he used to be at the Orioles. So I could go on and on about the Padres. Like you said, they're so much fun. Slam Diego, all that. And I hope they continue to do so in the best division in baseball right now because the Dodgers and Giants have been just as good, um, if not better at times for the Giants' sake. So it's going to be fun to watch those guys. And like you said, the Yankees have been on and off. It's funny, we are over 500, yet we still get mad at the team, but it's because you know, and you can look at stats, we're like bottom five and runs scored in the entire league. So sure, we've been able to win games in fluky fashion and just because we are the Yankees, whatever. It doesn't matter. This team is not going to do anything in the postseason unless something changes, whether that's Aaron Boone, which the Yankees don't fire managers midway through the season. I don't condone that right now because don't go away from tradition. But at the same time, what tradition are we trying to keep up when we haven't won in 12 years now? Um, It's just, it's so frustrating to be a Yankee fan right now because we always expect more. do as Yankees fans, like it's part of being a Yankees fan. We have the right to do that when you have 27 rings. Yeah. Also, the uh, my main thing in watching has been the runners that we've left on base. Oh. <laughs> that has been horrible to me. And that alone is like the main reason why I don't think this team will be anything. And no, also and the that, sticky substance issue with their, ooh. you know, yeah, like I that's mean, tough as well. I hate that he but gets again, the he's rap still been like, like decent enough. Exactly. It's, like, it's tough. It's he now can't have a bad game without people saying, Oh, it's because he doesn't have sticky substances on his hands or whatever. Look, he's human, he's like any other pitcher. Like, even at some point, DeGrom likely will have a bad game, yeah. it still hasn't happened somehow. But every other pitcher has had at least one game where they just get blown out. Shohei Otani has been pitching like an MVP and hitting like an MVP. But like we said tonight, gave up seven runs in two thirds of an inning, he didn't even get out the first inning against the Yankees. So that's just what happens. It's baseball. Everybody has a bad night. You keep going, and it's a game of averages, right? So Garrett Cole is just like anybody else in that regard, but because he was so much better when sticky substances were kind of allowed and not you know, struck down on like the MLB has you know, started to really crack down on it recently – I, yeah, I, at the same time, he doesn't look the same. You know, he's not the exact same pitcher that he used to be, but he can still be worth that contract. I'm still holding out hope, but it's frustrating. Like so much else, it's really frustrating. But that's our Yankee segment. I'll move to my second NBA quote. Um, yeah, these are both good ones. I, I, let's see. Let's go to the top. Um, tell me who said it. And yeah, I mean, just really who said it. Uh, they can judge me on what they want to. That part don't matter to me. I'm going to go out there and hoop and give it everything I got. Um, the context here, just to make it a little bit easier, because there's a kind of generic quote, is it came from the last two days. So, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm going to say that it's Paul George. Yes, sir. So I, It actually he, took me a second, but yeah, 100%, yeah, Paul George. It was a generic one, but when you realize he's talking about all the hate he gets on yeah. social media and being called playoff P, because he called it himself, you know, to start. Of course, it backfires in the bubble. But this year, and look, they are losing right now to the Suns. I believe the score, it's 89-76 Suns with three minutes left in the third. So for all we know, this could be the last game of playoff P for this year. But Paul George in game five went out there and dominated. And again, the fact that the Clippers have stayed in this series, despite going down 0-2 for a third straight time this postseason, despite not having Kawhi Leonard, and despite all of the criticism he gets, you know, at any point on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, whether it's 
Skip Bayless on his show, even though he says he's a Clippers fan, whether it's ESPN, they all just hate on this guy because, again, I think there's a lot of Laker bias that goes through the media. But regardless, Paul George continues to show that he can come up clutch and he can be a superstar. I'm going to say not just a star, a superstar when he wants to be. So he's been great. His supporting cast, of course, has been great. Like we said, Reggie Jackson. Um, Marcus Morris has had some incredible games, which is pretty cool. Marcus Morris Sr. Sorry, the SR is on his name now. Um, or on his I, hey, I'm once a Nick, always a Nick. I love yeah. that buzzer beater we saw sophomore year. Yes, Ooh. he was basically the worst version, which is wild to say, of Randall last year. Yeah. And we had no one around him, but super talented. Like, I oh, yeah. loved what he was the only highlight of that Knicks team. So, like, love that he's still balling out on the Clippers. I mean, that's fair. But look, so he's averaging, Paul George, this is now yeah. 27 points in this postseason. And I mean, he's played, this is pretty cool too. From what I can tell, he's played in every postseason since 2016, wow. two years with the Pacers, and he had four runs before that. And then two years with OKC, two years now with the Clippers. And as a whole, over his career, 21 points per game in the playoffs. That's including his two years as a rookie or young player with the Pacers before he even was really playing full minutes. This guy does show up in the playoffs. And it's just become like a meme, you know, for really, that's the best word, that he doesn't show up. uh, I was thinking about this the other day, especially when he went off two days ago. Um, Yeah that this is a hundred percent Lakers media bias. Mm. I think that it is so much so that Lakers fans are just the ones kind of like controlling this narrative on Twitter, hounding comments, hounding everything, replying to everything and just absolutely tearing the guy apart. I fully think that is the reason why. And I think it's such a negative energy um, from the Lakers to the Clippers. I I think the Clippers need to get out of LA. I think that's part of the problem. Back to San Diego. They were there like 30 years ago. It's different. I was I was talking about this the other day too. Like it's different with Knicks Nets, where the Nets are like right. centralized in Brooklyn. Like it's a different name. It's a different uh, stadium. You got the Barclays yeah. there playing on the same exact court as such a storied franchise. Like the rivalry stuff, and I bet like the negative attitude from Knicks fans would be on the level of Lakers fans oh, if yeah. the Nets were playing out of the Garden. Like. The Clippers need to get out of there. Yeah. Either, you know, create a new Seattle team, bring someone back to Vancouver. I don't care. Like, it's, I don't like that the two of those teams play there. Um, you know what? Send them to Vegas. Mm. Bring the Clippers to Vegas. The Vegas or Clippers. Seattle? Yeah. I mean, or Seattle. I, mean, I just think that, like, the Clippers look to them, maybe kind of has I like they, no. already. I like that. I think LA Clippers go to Vegas, which I know is probably not being considered right now, but I agree with you. I think playing out of the same stadium, it's like Giants and Jets, but recently neither team's been good enough to kind of do anything to the other. But Giants fans kind of have the same group as Knicks fans. But also, they don't have to directly compete in the playoffs. True, true, true. This is all like just Western Conference. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's terrible. Like, no, that's a really good point. Get out. Yeah, so I think with Paul George specifically, though, he has been tremendous this year. Yeah. Um, he's shooting four for ten right now in tonight's game, but they just cut it to a seven-point game. So yeah, it's like they're like, not out of it yet. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I, I, I just have nothing but respect for this guy who, look, in the bubble, he had his lows for sure. When he hit the side of the backboard on that one shot, he got, you know, disrespected because, of course, they blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets, and Paul George just didn't seem to show up. Um, but then I saw a funny tweet or something that said uh, the Clippers go down 0-2 in every series because they never want to have a 3-1 lead again. <laughs> and they've been right. They're, they're coming back from deficits 
instead of having that lead and getting complacent, they just decide to, you know, look, this other team is going out, winning their home games against us. And we're playing on the road, kind of learning how they play. Let's go win our two games at home in LA and let's take this series. And they've done it. So props to them. Um, I had a quick quote from DeMarcus Cousins on the same topic. He said, I don't know where this trolling BS has come from, where the internet controls the narratives about these players. It's becoming foolish. Like I said earlier in the year, he, Paul George, is one of the most special players, excuse me, to ever lace his shoes up. And I'm cool with that. I'm not saying he's top 20 all time. I'm not saying he's even top 50 all time, but he is special. And he's shown that with the Pacers, a little bit with the OKC. You know, that wasn't the same level. But now with Kawhi, and especially now without Kawhi in this series, he's stepped up and been that guy. So all props to PG-13. Um, he's a fun player. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he just has to find kind of like that perfect team for him. Uh, and I don't know where that is. Maybe if eventually down the line, the Clippers don't work out, if the Clippers don't move, which obviously this is all just like theoretical at this point. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, pair him up with Jimmy Butler or something. They're kind of similar player, but I think Miami needs another superstar or something. Uh, that could help. Maybe kind of ride out his own team again, like when he was playing with the Pacers and and send him to uh, the Spurs or even uh, write some stuff in Toronto or get the Magic a superstar. Like any of those I think would be a lot of fun. The Wizards, if you're not going to blow up the Wizards, send Paul George there. Like I, I just don't know if uh, him and Kawhi will ever really work out. And I'm honestly have lost a lot, like a lot of faith in Kawhi because of the injury too. So mm -hmm. I just want the best for him. And, uh, you know, he's obviously gone through some, some mental health problems as well because people attack him and because Lakers fans are probably so brutal on Twitter. So it, it's tough, but he, again, he's shown up and he's continually can like showing up even now in this moment. So we'll see what happens, but interesting. Yeah, no, a hundred percent agree with all that. So uh, we'll see how this game uh, finishes out. We'll keep you guys posted, even though by the time this is released, you'll know whether the Suns have won the series or if the Clippers forced a game seven. But Coleman, let's go to your third and final quote of the day. All right. This one is college football. Mm. It is kind of weird. And I basically took the beginning part of the tweet and then took something from the video and just mashed it together. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I think you'll still get it. Okay. But basically, it's. Coming soon. That was the tweet part. And in the video is I got five on it. Oh, 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 oh. Um, I know this one. I just got to remember the name first. But it's about having logos now and NCAA, you know, athletes being able to have sponsorships and their own trademarks. It's uh, I got it. I got it. Grant, Graham Mertz. That's his name. Yes. Graham Mertz, Wisconsin. Yes, he's the Wisconsin yes. quarterback. Uh, you know, I just bring this up because today as we are recording this, uh, it was announced that players will be allowed to use name, image, and likeness, basically accelerating NCAA coming back, the football game. I hope so. Uh, it, it, uh, it initially sounded like it would take a couple of years to fully flesh out. I actually just talked about this with AJ, but uh, it could be as ready as next year. Uh, obviously, we don't just want a repackaged version of 14, True. but it's coming back. And very interesting to be in college, involved with a college football team, and see what comes of it. Um, uh, this was something else that AJ and I had talked about, but in terms of BC athletes who we could see potentially striking deals and everything, BC actually came out with a program. I believe it's called the SOAR program, but yeah. it's going to match up 
uh, athletes or, or not necessarily match up, but like help them to the best of their ability, get uh, the most out of their talent. And two people that I think are interesting. One was from AJ. The other is my own uh, for one on the BC football side of things. Uh, Alec Lindstrom, I think hmm. he has that podcast. Some of the other lineman boys have a podcast, uh, you know, just being able to get something as simple as ads in that is so huge. And I think can be incredibly big for him because he could be the first real college athlete to have a big uh, podcast. Yeah. So that could be very big for BC. The other one is our own national champ that AJ brought this up. Charlotte North is yep. going to profit tremendously off this. Uh, and the fact that she's coming back to BC again this year could be, you know, end up with her having some massive deals. She might make more money, honestly, off yeah. staying in college, which is a way bigger platform for the sport um, than professional uh, lacrosse. I wouldn't be is. surprised if uh, if that was like part of her main reasoning for for coming back, which so. is so smart. Like, yeah, props to her. I thought she just wanted to win again. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, so sick. She's actually going to make bank now, probably from it. Let's go. She's basically I'm really the face of female lacrosse. I think oh, she yeah. will be the face of female lacrosse. Just and deservingly general. so. And one of the biggest probably uh, faces of lacrosse in general. So yeah. Yeah. very cool stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of wanted this quote to be kind of open. Is there anyone, whether it's BC, we could do BC first, but yeah. anyone else uh, across the country in, in college that you're interested to see what they do? Um, so the first person, of course, that I thought of is Phil Jakovic. But it's just going to be a lot of quarterbacks in general that can get their own trademarks. And if you have any promise towards the NFL, you should do that. Uh, get ahead of the curve. If you can now have agents in college, which I think low key, you should be allowed to do. I don't know why you would need one just yet. But at the same time, it could prepare you for the best steps to getting to the draft, even still in college. So if that's allowed, Phil and a lot of other players who are NFL hopefuls should do that. So that's the first name I thought of. But for me, BC hockey, which is another storied program. You got to think like these guys get drafted by NHL teams and sometimes are able to stay in college for another year and know where they're going. And they already are professionals in that regard, despite, you know, still playing for a college team. You should be able to get a sponsorship right off the bat there or some kind of agent, some kind of uh, representation. So if that, you know, this new rule change might be able to change how long you can stay in college after being drafted, if you even could at all, and even, if you still can, you know, this will change how BC and a lot of the other powerhouse hockey programs can bring in top talent because now you're not one and dunning it to the NHL. Now maybe you can stay longer knowing that you're not missing out on another year of sponsorships and whatnot because you're still playing at a top level where, you know, you have maybe a top five team in the country at your side. Um, but now you're not missing out on any money at all because in fact you could still be paid while playing for BC. So I think that's another one, not necessarily one player in particular, but just a whole organization or program that could really benefit. Well, you know who is probably going to be the wealthiest college athlete. And AJ is the one that kind of brought this up because we talked about the Madden cover and, and probably who would grace the cover first. And it might be that they might get one out beforehand, but Arch Manning is about to be yep. a wealthy, wealthy college athlete. Wow. He has every offer on the table right now already. BC even has an offer out for him, I think. Uh, so Arch Manning is about to be loaded before he even steps foot in the NFL. He before could he honestly, in college. 
exactly like <laughs> you could honestly wind up like i'm being serious like not even necessarily having to play uh professionally and be set for life even though he has the whole family and everything outside of that right off his own achievement off his own achievement is going to be loaded i bet zion is actually killing him not killing (laughs) kicking himself right now that this didn't happen when he was playing because zion would have made absolute bank as well well how about another one for me that just struck me kind of while you're talking about arch manning and these big um sports families the ball family Lamelo oh. had his own shoes and wasn't able to go to college because of that. Now it would be no problem. Own show for sure. All that stuff. He had to play in Lithuania, which I thought was going to hurt his development. Of course, he's here now. Has no issue. Just one rookie of the year. Shout out to him. Um, deservingly so. But he could have been, you know, making bank and probably. This is the biggest part. Big ball brand would still exist because instead of being blackballed out of really business as a whole, not just out of the NCAA. It would be promoted like crazy. We would have the NCAA Twitter account, probably not even just UCLA, which is where he was going to go. Or, you know, anybody could just talk about big baller brand shoes. Check out the MB ones on the court right now. LaMelo rocking them, balling out, dropping 30, leading UCLA to a national title. If they could get to the final four this year. Yeah. I was about to say, if, if he had been on this team, oh my goodness, I 100% dude. think that they would have won a title. And he would have made more money off of those sponsorships. Yeah. I'm sure now I, I don't really I guarantee know. LeVar Ball like somehow tries to sue. <laughs> like I don't think sure. he can, but I yeah. bet he tries to sue somehow. Oh, he will all if any any relevance or any media for him, any PR is good PR. So yeah. we'll see if he finds that. Yeah, the Chris uh, Jenner method. Literally. And I mean respect to them both, I guess. They're they're doing <laughs> something right. But in, in Lamelo's case, and then maybe in turn would um uh Leangelo not that he was going to be in the NBA and not that he was selling shoes. And I know he was kind of like arrested because yeah, of something, China, but yeah. he still would have been okay. I th- Not like because of that, but I think he would have been able or not been as blackballed from college basketball as well. Uh, he was never yeah. going to be a pro and he's fine now. He's still set no matter what. It's, but it's like, actually I think really funny okay. though, because I got a, uh, I don't know if it was like a sponsored ad or it was like a Snapchat story, something, but it was just Leangelo Ball again, just saying that he's ready to go whenever. <laughs> like, he, dude, it's over. You're, it's yeah. done. It is I mean, done, man. Unless Lonzo right? and Lamelo no. get to like the level where they can pick out their teams and want to bring them in somehow, sure. But <laughs> it's over, dog. You gotta, you gotta hang up the cleats. You gotta march now, on. He- that makes me think of that makes me think of uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, who and yeah. Costas for that matter, because Costas is younger. I was just talking about this to Justin and Ian. Um, Costas has potential still, not to be Giannis, but to be something in the NBA. Look at Seth Curry, right? But especially I mean, the, no, but I'm saying like especially in these playoffs, like Seth Curry was pretty legit on that six. Oh, oh, Seth Curry was sick. Nothing against Seth Curry. I'm just saying Costas and Thanasis never had a college career. Yeah. Um, to the extent that Seth Curry even did for Duke. But Costas, at least, he won a ring as a bench warmer with the Lakers. And they're holding on to him thinking, like, look, he might have some potential. On the other hand, Thanasis is older 
than Giannis. He's he's six inches shorter, and he just comes in for the final 30 seconds of each quarter to be like a defensive enforcer. Even though he's not big, he just runs around and like has so much energy. And then on the <laughs> bench, he's like a Theo Pinson type, like gets yeah. your bench excited, but like in the most obnoxious way. I hate him. He's my least favorite buck because he just shouldn't be there. Like he's yeah. just there because he's a brother, like literally Leandro it's, would be. It's, it's like the the uh, the Chris Smith effect with J.R. Smith. Like yeah. he brought on Chris Smith for yeah. a negative reason besides J.R. Smith being able to swindle that. I have mm-hmm. no idea how he pulled that off. But yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> the uh, none of them will be honest. But no, again, no, who, who's to say that they can't be a little uh, Seth to uh, Steph Curry? You know? Yeah, I would bet money. Thanasis doesn't have yeah. <laughs> like he's yeah. Thanasis has hit his ceiling because he's older than both these guys. Yeah. Kostas could do something. Like I'm not counting that out. I don't know yeah. what he did this year, but uh, he's at least younger. <laughs> like I don't know what yeah. is he. He is 23, like 23 and a half. Oh, and he's got another brother, Alex Antetokounmpo. Look out for Alex from okay. – he's in the Spanish league right now, which is sick. He's 19, about to turn 20, okay. six foot eight. So he actually – he's skipping college, and maybe next year he'll enter the draft or something. What's that his could name? Be Alex Antetokounmpo. He could be I'm, something. I'm going to look up this. I'm going to live look up the stats. See he's, he's not doing. in the ESPN Top 100 from last year, but he – Will be eligible for the NBA draft this year, but he might even be waiting it out further. He's de- why is he Dominican? Oh no, that's the school. <laughs> he's from <laughs> Milwaukee at a school called Dominican. I was like, dude, he's Greek. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he even. I don't think he's entering there? this year. From what he, I can tell, he's no. Yeah. He's definitely not based on the stats. I mean, like no. it's like one game played. Well, ooh, but have you seen like I, I think not in Lucas' case, but in a lot of the um cases of guys that come over from overseas they're young players that you know obviously are developmental and don't play that often or don't have great numbers not one game play that's a whole nother level but i think maybe he spends another year or two and then comes over and it's like yo the fourth like Giannis brother i was about to say the fourth antetokounmpo brother like that's kind of sick so I, i i bet we'll see him at some point from name alone but maybe he could be better than the other brothers, or maybe he knows he should be spending, you know, his career overseas. Yo. <laughs> okay, we have some updates on Alex Antetokounmpo. Okay, okay. Um, so, all right, we'll go through the Wikipedia real quick. Yeah. His high school career, that was when he played for Dominican. Right. Uh, as a freshman, averaged 2.9 points per game. That's nothing. Right, right, And right. grew five inches, though, by the time he was a sophomore. He's a two-time All-State selection and averaged okay. 20 points, seven rebounds per game as a senior. Good. <laughs> he received offers from DePaul, Ohio, and Green Bay. Uh, and then – so he, he was considered a three-star recruit, which isn't terrible. Okay. And okay. then his pro career, he made his debut for the club's reserve team yeah. and recorded 28 points and six rebounds, shooting six of nine from three-point range wow. in an 83-69 to 69 win. So that's the okay. only pro career stat that was June 22nd, 2020. So I don't know what he's been doing mm. since then, but I mean, Hey, that's not bad. Uh, that's no, that's from what I'm looking at. That's promising. Um, I have no idea what he's done this last year, but good for him. <laughs> I mean, he look like, I don't know if that means anything towards the actual NBA, but on his Instagram, here's him drinking a water bottle on an NBA court, or on a not NBA court, on some kind of basketball court two weeks ago, uh, just dunking in warm ups. But it doesn't look like he's actually got any 
uh, on court action. Regardless, we'll see him at some point. I, I would I would bet money on that. I think he'll look. He'll score. Ooh, this is actually a good bet. I think he will have more career NBA points than Thanasis has up to now. Right. So I I don't know. Honestly, same with. Uh... With Costas? Uh, Costas. I mean, Costas has, like, yeah. nothing. No, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can combine the two. But, like, I just think yeah. this guy <laughs> seems like he's can. a scorer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Final quote of the day. NBA, super quick. But you got to tell me who said it and who it's about. So this is, like, the first two-parter we've really had today. And it's uh, it's so quick. It's just, I don't know the answer to that right now. So do you remember that quote that was pretty big? I'll give you some help with it, but it was just, I don't know the answer to that right now. It was post-game, end of a series. Oh, it was um, Doc Rivers talking about Ben Simmons and uh, whether or not he deserves to be a starter, I guess, in the future for this team or if they're retaining him, whatever. It- um. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll give you full credit. It's not that, like, he could – totally be back at the Sixers next year. I don't think I, I expect that. But the question was, could he be the point guard on a championship team? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I don't know the answer to that right now, which is so disrespectful, first of all. You're the coach. I don't care if he's not coming back, bro. Like, he just he sits there and he's like, oh, man, I remember Ben Simmons passing up that open dunk with two minutes left. So I don't know the answer to that right now. Like, that is, uh, that, well, okay. Here's my take before we even hear what you're thinking. I'm a Ben Simmons guy. I actually don't really like him, like, as a personality, but I love how he plays, even though he can't sh- – like, look, look. I, all right, I got to explain myself. He's my favorite 2K player ever. I just love him because that's how I love using my forwards, and then I get to use him as a point guard, and it's just ridiculous. Um, But he was such such an a-hole <laughs> in the 2019 series against the Nets, so I hated him then. And he doesn't feel confident at all in anything he can do, not just that he doesn't have a jump shot, but when he's passing up layups like that, like, what are you doing? So all that stuff. But I'm going to turn this on Doc Rivers, who ever since that Celtics championship, what has he done but blow leads and just disappoint with so many different teams? Like Lob City Clippers, I think they win with a different coach. This team should be doing so much better than the second round. Even if Embiid's hurt, they should have beaten the Hawks. So all these things, it's like, like how many games did they blow? Not just the lead, like even leads within games. They, I, the Sixers might be the biggest mess in the NBA right now. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna spin it even further. Okay, it's the Sixers shooting coach or, or their training staff. Yes. Because yes. look at what they did to Markel, and then Markel yes. goes to Orlando, and he's actually decent. Like, yep. J. Cole said it, like, they messed up his shot. They did the same with Ben Simmons. Yeah. And his high school coach being able to say that it can be fixed and everything, obviously he's just pulling for the guy a little bit too, right. and he's going to be biased. But I think Ben Simmons can still be good. Do I think he can play in a big market? No. I don't think he's that confident of a guy. I think that if you throw him somewhere random, like if you bring him to uh, the Pelicans, maybe Cleveland? I think he could work. Like, I, I think that it's something that just can be fixed. I, and he has that build. He has the potential. The only deterrent though, is that I don't think that he's a basketball guy. He's not a guy that live, eats, breathes basketball. And that's why he got to the point he's at now. If he can wake up and realize that he needs to put in work, then maybe something can be done. Until then, the dude is garbage, hot. Yeah. Garbage. You can't be 
a, a main ball handler on a team nowadays and not be able to shoot. I mean, even Lonzo can fit make that <laughs> stupid jump shot. He's work. gotten better. He's gotten and better. He has. And the thing is, like, he's gotten better. But yeah. Ben Simmons cannot. He can't. No. He's, he's he's really, really not great. And something interesting, get... though, yeah. I wonder – so the whole, um, you know, like – lakers thing they always do the uh like there's always the memes about like uh rhj and uh kyle kuzma yeah realistically i think having lebron be a mentor to ben simmons would be the greatest thing for him oh yeah i think because he could play like that that lakers team that's where he will thrive him ad lebron right now recency bias that's not good but historically in terms of how people viewed ben simmons Mm-hmm. I think that's a fire team. Yeah, no, it is talent-wise um, and with recency bias completely out of the picture as well. But there's no spacing on that team. <laughs> like, the, you'd have to play Ben Simmons, like, rotational minutes just to start out and yeah. then, like, use those three as, like, a triangle where – not triangle offense, but, like, you'd have two in at all times but never three. Yes. You're always rotating the three of well, them. I think he's the perfect guy to give LeBron a break. Yeah, no, he totally is. But then he's it's like basically baby LeBron without the shot is what it is, or the idea. Yeah, and but, no, no, and he can. Yeah, no, you're right. But he has the playmaking of LeBron for sure, and he has the, the driving. Drive, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I like support his play style because I actually think it's pretty cool. Not that he can't shoot, but that he can be a six ten point guard. Like I love that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he'd work in the Lakers unless you got the two best shooters in the world but yeah. like at the two and the three, because otherwise there's no spacing on the court. Like if it's KCP and Kuzma, I know you're saying like you'd trade them for Ben Simmons, but imagine yeah. if that's the two and the three on the team with Simmons and, oh my gosh, and LeBron and AD, that would be just disgustingly bad. Um, <laughs> so please, I hope that doesn't happen. But otherwise, I think you're totally right um, on a couple of things, all about coaching on one side. Apparently, anonymous coaches have said Ben Simmons isn't coachable. Like, he doesn't listen. He doesn't work. Like you said, he's just that kind of person that, you know, we see once in a while in the NBA. We kind of thought Anthony Edwards might be based on his pre-draft stuff. But then he comes out and puts up a rookie of the year deserving season. He was great. So I'm glad he kind of spun that around because preseason, he said his favorite sport was football. He said it's like all these things where it was like, dude, you just got picked first overall. And you care more about talking about like a Rod and J Lo in your press conference, which still was a sick quote, but still it's like, who is this guy? Of course he proves on the court. Like you were saying way back, I think with Michael Jordan, let your game do the talking. And he did that. Yeah. Um, and Simmons at the same time in these playoffs, his game certainly did the talking. And it said that he's really not working that hard out here. He's not confident in his game. And that comes back, like he said, to the shooting coach, Markel well, goes to, uh, to Orlando, excuse me. And, like you said, he was, he fixed his shot at least a little bit. That's a former number one overall pick who we saw at Washington ball out. Like it was deserved. You know, he went over Tatum and no one questioned it because it seemed deserving, you know, of that spot. And yet he like his shot just completely breaks. He hurts his shoulder because he just is shooting like this. And then of course he gets hurt again. They finally ship him off to Orlando. He's playing so well. And then the dude just so unlucky tears his ACL. I'm rooting so hard for him. I hope they get Kenny Atkinson. Like I said, because a healthy Markel Fultz with Kenny Atkinson, who works so well with guards, we might see an all-star Markel Fultz a couple years down the line, which would be so damn cool. And Cole Anthony's on there too. I mean, Cole Cole Anthony got snubbed in the, uh, 
Y'all rookie year, team. Or, yeah, was, yeah. I think all rookie team conversation. Yes. Uh, um, like it, he a hundred percent to me was like right, right there below quickly. Like I thought he yeah. had such a good year, and he had multiple games where he was putting up buckets. So uh, the other thing I want to say though is you brought up yeah. uh, Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves actually said that they wanted Simmons. And I think that that's a good enough market too. Like it's small market, like Minnesota. Like I hundred percent think that he would actually be decent there. And I think he's a nice little complimentary piece with towns and, and everything, but remains to be seen. I always keep saying that like towns is always on my watch list for like someone who's going to try and get out uh, at some point. So yeah. What's their um, pick this year? Though they don't have one. They traded oh. to the Warriors. So, yeah. Um, and I feel so bad because I'm the biggest D'Lo fan in the world. And he's just rotting there. But it's like, it's yeah. also, it's not like the Timberwolves' fault at the same time. Dude, it's like kind of. Bring D'Lo back to the Lakers, honestly. Yeah. Ooh. We're talking late. Like, I think him, LeBron. and He would work really well with them. Yeah. Damn. I would hate that. But, yeah. yeah he would <laughs> but he would, it would work. Yeah, he. I just want him to start winning because, like, he was finally getting there with Brooklyn, and then we ship him to Warriors. Um, and obviously, Golden State just did not, you know, have a fit for him and ship him for Andrew Wiggins, which low key was a win for the Warriors because they got that pick. Like, oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. Um, and they could trade Wiseman in a pick for like Pascal Siakam. I saw Warriors got some, you know, Warriors they might are, have some work to do. Oh, uh, yeah. They could be a contender next year if everyone stays I healthy. A hundred percent think that they're my favorite to come out of the West. Wow! I, I hope Clay Thompson stays healthy. That's what I care. That's about. the other thing. Like people forget, uh, like just how good Clay Thompson is. Oh, like, so Clay good. Thompson, as a complimentary piece, is phenomenal. Like I even think if they don't trade Wiseman, like that team is still good. I just think Wiseman needs a little bit more time. Like give him another right. year. I thought that I, the way I feel about Wiseman after this season is exactly how I kind of felt about DeAndre Ayton on the Suns. Mm. Like, I think you just let that guy get some time. Let, let a big man kind of establish himself in a league where it's grown ass dudes playing with him. Yep. Like, I think the Warriors are definitely my favorite next year out of the West. I like that. I like that take a lot because I think the Lakers have kind of finalized their roster. They'll do some work this year. They have trade assets. No one likes Kuzma, in my opinion. But at the same time, like a team like the Cavs or something will probably make some kind of trade for Kuzma because someone will think they, they've seen flashes of him, you know, in a big market, in some big games and think they can turn him around, um, which is ridiculous, in my opinion. But it still will happen. Um, so they'll make some changes, but I think they've kind of hit their peak. Because everyone thought this Lakers roster was better than last year's, and it just fell so flat. And I think like, Drummond, they might give him more money. So I don't know. Props to the Lakers for being able to bring in both AD and LeBron or whatever. But again, I think so much of that is more so LeBron wanting to be out in LA. Lucky yeah. into that. I don't think that their front office is competent. Look at the players. From Palenka. That. Yeah. Look at the players that they got rid of that were on that young kind of group. Uh, you know, D'Lo gone, uh, Julius Randle gone. Like, Clarkson. How do you, yeah, Clarkson. Ingram. Ingram. How do you wind up with just Kyle Kuzma out of all those players? Mm. Out of everyone. And it's not Lonzo. like Lonzo. Like they all, all could have developed into what they are now. And instead you got the worst of the bunch, honestly. Yeah. And I, man. So what I just remember now is when Magic Johnson resigned, it was him and Rob Palenka, who's now their GM still. So 
if he didn't make uh, the Pelicans trade, which, you know, obviously was going to happen because AD was just ready to go to the Lakers and nowhere else. And they gave up, like you said, every single piece they possibly could, including picks, except for Kyle Kuzma, um, which has to be the biggest mistake in the world. Like if they could have held on to Ingram, and I think this is also like props to, oh, I'm blanking on his name because it was the former Cavs executive, but whoever is now in charge of the Pelicans who made that trade obviously knew, <laughs> you know, to not take Kuzma, to get everybody else because Lonzo still had potential Ingram still had potential Josh Hart gets so many rebounds for a guard it's insane so they get all those players out of that trade um but it was kind of a lose-lose like it's a win of course for the Lakers because they got a top 10 player if not higher who won a ring for them um but now he's hurt he won't be hurt for next season but he's still a little bit injury prone and LeBron just keeps getting older. They have no real future other than, of course, being L.A. And everyone's going to be linked to them. We always think, like, Dame is going to L.A. Like, Kawhi might flip yeah. over. That won't happen. But, like, it could always because it's the Lakers. And it's just they run the NBA. Um, the Lakers are everything I wish the Knicks actually were. I know. Like, it's, not yeah. really to an extent. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, No, of course. In terms of, like, records and everything. It's what we wish the Yankees were because we attract all these free agents, but we don't actually get it done. You know what? It's the same. We're the same team, except we just haven't won that ring in the recent years yet. They just got it done. We both were on like a 10 year drought, which neither team had an excuse for how bad we were at times because we have so much money. Uh, The Yankees don't even have a real salary cap. They stay under the luxury cap because it's a bunch of penny pinchers now um, who care more about profit than winning. But that's for another day. Um, but yeah, I think that's the similarity. Like, yes, I agree with you. If the Knicks were like the Lakers, you would love it. Any fan would. And that's why the Lakers have so many fans, whether they're bandwagoners or not. And I think a lot of them aren't, you know, but just. Well, yeah, it's LeBron fans. I mean, that's right. That's right. the difference. But actual Lakers fans are passionate, you know, rooted through the Robert Sacre era, you know, when he was starting at center for them, um, which is just Ooh. insane. But yeah. the fact that that was a team, you know, with that market. It's the same thing as the Yankees putting Steven Drew out at shortstop sometimes Adored, like yeah. five years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's just we need a ring in the Yankees case to kind of fix that. Um, and the Lakers will always be able to attract free agents. The difference, the final difference, I think I figured out, the NBA is so superstar driven, right? And the MLB, you can't just have one superstar and win. Look at the Angels with Mike Trout. They still haven't, I don't think, won a playoff series with him on the team. So... <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's about it in terms of quotes. I do want to give a quick soccer shout out. The Euro has been so sick. We're down to the final eight uh, teams. Quarterfinals start Friday. And Coleman's become a bit of a soccer guy. I've always been. I'm, I'm, realizing, you, I'm going all out Premier League this year. Let's I'm go. locking it in. Wolverhampton, we ride. I'm locking in Premier League. Everything else, I, I'm my plan is like ride Premier League right. into World Cup. And we'll see where I'm at post that. And yeah. we'll update along the way. But, like, that is the initial plan to break into it. It's more of an established plan than I have with hockey. So, like, True. I fully think – like, hockey's just like Rangers. Like, oh, let's ride. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm riding FIFA. I'm playing FIFA. We're getting into it. We're riding Premier League. I'm locking that in. That's perfect. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, I need to get more into the Premier League. I've always had a team, Southampton, but they have been a little disappointing – um, and it's just kind of a tough team to pick as an American who doesn't have like a local attachment to them. So otherwise it's like, in a way you can be a bandwagoner. Like, I don't want to root for a top four club, maybe even top six, 
But a team like Wolverhampton makes so much sense because they're right in that next tier where they should be finishing the top 10 every year. They had a bit of a disappointing season this year, but they have the money to buy these players that, you know, they might spring a Leicester type surprise and win the league one year. So yeah, that's I mean, kind of the team. Right now with the yeah. talent that we have uh, in terms of like Fabio Silva and Adama Traor, like I am yeah. so excited just to like be able to watch that team because the one thing about FIFA is that like you can kind of feel out how teams must play in real yeah. life. Like you can tell like the different schemes and everything that they run. And like, this team is like very fast. They get to the goal. I think that it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. They seem very young compared yep. to a lot of other teams. And I think that it's like a good time to like ride them for now. So oh, totally very, very invested this year into watching. I'm, I'm super stoked. So gonna I'm be realizing I might end up being a Lester guy. Because okay. they had the craziest, you know, 5,000 to one title season back in 2016. One of the biggest upsets in sports history because they did it over 38 games um, or matches, of course. But it's not a bandwagon thing because it's not like the MLB or anywhere else where if you won the title, you are the best team. They yeah. played the best, but they were going up against teams with like five times their salary, if not more, because there's no salary cap. So they didn't come back and win it the year after that. They've stayed competitive, though, and kept finding these budget deals while guys like Riyad Mahrez get bought by Man City because they were studs during that title run. So for me, it's like Leicester's the money ball, you know, of the Premier League, but they keep winning. They're like the Tampa Bay Rays. You know what? That's who they are. The Rays have no budget and they keep winning. They haven't won the title yet. But for me, I think Leicester, in terms of like really good shrewd moves in terms of a front office, that's what I want out of a team. So this might be my announcement of rooting for Leicester City. We'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, I, I think the one thing that I do need is to I maybe, you know, but I don't know who is my rival. Who's, who's the Wolverhampton rival? Um, it's tough. It's usually who I have to hate. That's what I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. Let's find out. Because Wolverhampton, I need to know where they're from. Okay, their main rivals are Wals Walsall, I think. I don't know how to say that, but they're not a top. They're not like a. I don't even think they're in the top three leagues little right brother. now. So that's little just brother. Cool. Let's go. Yeah, Let's go. Okay. but you won't even mention them. West Brom though will be your okay. main rival. That's the Black County Derby. It looks like that's the coolest thing. It's not. It's not a rival. You have Derby Day, where your <laughs> Derby is who you play against. It's so sick. Absolutely. I love Absolutely. soccer so much. So West Brom. Let me see if they've come True up. True West Brom, man. I hate yeah, them. Yeah. Absolutely they, hate them. Stating it now, worst team in the Prem League. Well, guess what? You're right. They're not even in the Prem anymore. They were relegated Beautiful. this year. They were in 19. Perfect. So you won't even see them lame. this year. Absolutely lame. <laughs> West Brom fans out there, you stink. Absolutely stink. You're also apparently rivals with Aston Villa, but I don't know what the derby is there. And they are in the Prem, so that can be your rival okay. in the Prem. And like then Birmingham that. City, who I think are just a couple levels down. Okay. Uh Leicester looks like the uh, rivals with Derby County, funny enough. So Derby Derby and then uh, Nottingham Forest. So they're both not in it. So but basically yeah, so. Aston, Aston Villa is my my new main. Yeah, this year you'll see. Yeah, you should just go play them in FIFA right now and win whatever Derby <laughs> that is. Um, yeah, I like that. Okay. But yeah, so then in terms of the Euro quickly, rooting for Belgium, at least I am. Uh, I don't know who you're with right now, but there have been some good upsets. I haven't been watching as much. It's been on when, I'm, when I've been working. So I've that's, basically just been kind of like ripping podcasts. Um, shout out true. real quick, Son of a Boy Dad, my new favorite podcast. Yeah. Hilarious. Little Sassy Marone, absolutely funny stuff. If like It's just my type of humor. Uh, so, you know, definitely check that out. If you, if you like, 
I Amen. guess my jokes on the show because <laughs> it's very similar. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, who who else is is left basically? Let me go quickly through the bracket. So it's been on um, it's been on when I've been working too. But sometimes the three o'clock game will come on right when I get off my shift because I'm working right. part time eleven to three. I'll just go chill on my couch in the living room and watch the three o'clock spot, which has been great. So our four quarterfinal matches. On Friday, we've got Switzerland versus Spain. Switzerland is an upset against ooh, France in penalties. That was crazy. So they beat France, which is the defending champs. No, defending World Cup champs. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll play Spain now. Belgium, who beat the defending Euro champs, Portugal, and that's my team, Belgium, play Italy. So that's going to be really tough. Um, that'll be a good one. The Czech Republic played Denmark. Those are two teams that just should not be here. But Denmark has been so fired up after the, of course, Christian Eriksen collapsing on the field in the first Euro game of the year. Um, He's okay, thank God, but he's not playing yet. But I think that's really lit a fire under this Danish team. And they are into the... You know, quarterfinal against. You know what? I'll I'll yeah. ride with them because that that's was the one game that I actually did watch. So, Crazy. like, I actually caught a, a decent amount of that. So, I'll ride with them. Yeah, that's go for it. So they'll go up against the Czech Republic, who have been on fire. Patrick Schick had a goal from midfield. It was crazy. Wow, it was so cool. So they've been great, but Denmark is also on fire. So we'll see. And then the final game. Ukraine, who scored in the 121st minute. That's extra time, final minute with one added minute for injury time. They should have gone to penalties. Ukraine scored. Uh, They play against England, who beat Germany at home at the Wembley Stadium. It's coming home. I kind of love that. Harry Kane's on England? Yeah, Harry Kane had a great goal. Killing the soccer talk. I'm ready. Yeah, Raheem Sterling's their star this year, but Kane's really good too. So that's the eight teams. I got Belgium. You got Dame, uh, Denmark. Excuse me. Denmark, we could yeah. potentially, I think, meet in the finals. Um, okay. All it would right. be a ridiculous matchup, but I think we're on different sides of the bracket. So Let's we'll go. have to wait and see. That's soccer talk. We'll maybe make that a segment now. Yeah, soccer talk is definitely going to come back. That's fine. Oh, yeah. But okay. So other than that, I got nothing. This has been a action-packed, um, very long episode, which I will be editing and will – might not even cut much out. I think this should just be a giant episode. Maybe cut into two. Who knows? But we'll drop it very soon. And you guys, by now, if you made it this far, have listened to all of our sports talk that we've been just saving up for months and are so excited to finally share with you guys. So thanks for listening to all this. Uh, Jack, any closing remarks from you? Yeah, no, thanks, guys. So happy to be back. So happy to have a, a new episode of Senior Quotes with you guys. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, share it. Uh, also, shout out What's Podding. Uh, definitely follow that on social media. The same thing goes with that. Uh, thanks for the love and uh, talk to you guys soon. Yeah, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Later.